0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 714 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today's guest is Stacy. She is a type 1 who was diagnosed at 46 years old with no family history to speak of. Stacy and I are about to have a very unique conversation for reasons that I don't want to spoil here. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you have type 1 diabetes and are a U.S. resident or are the caregiver of someone with type 1, please go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Join the registry, fill out the survey, help people living with type 1 diabetes while you're supporting the Juicebox podcast. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. The survey is HIPAA compliant, completely anonymous, and may end up benefiting you as well. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Stacy. Huh. Hello? Are you able to hear me? A little bit. Are you there? Can you hear? Yes. Oh, yeah, wow. is that better? It is. Do you have headphones?
1: I have AirPods. Should I take them out?
0: They don't sound bad. Let's roll with them. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Stacy, listen. You and I are about to have a singularly unique experience recording the podcast, and I mean this, okay? You're about to do something okay. with me that no one's ever done before. Are you up for that?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. I guess it depends on what it is. (laughs) Let me
0: explain. So first, so first of all, this is the part where you normally would not be recorded yet. I would explain to you what's going to happen in the podcast, but I am, I am recording now. I need you to know that. And here's why. Okay. Okay? Sure. I today scheduled and put up an episode that already ran. It is, it is my first real blunder on the clerical side of the podcast in quite some time. So everyone woke up this morning to a new episode that really was an episode from, you know, six months ago. And um, I now have to put an episode up today, but I don't have time to edit another episode to get it up on time, right? I have contractual (laughs) obligations with the sponsors, if you understand what I'm saying. Okay. So you and I are going to have the same conversation that we always have. But at some yep. point, I'm going to stop you and record ads with you live. Is that all right?
1: That is fine.
0: Okay. And you have nice, clean audio, so this is going to work for us. Um, so I'm sorry to do this, but can you just hold on one second? Sure. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Learn more or get started today at dexcom.com forward slash Stacey, you may be eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6. Did you know that? I did. (laughs) All right, hold on a second. The episode is also sponsored today by Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod Dash and the new Omnipod 5. Whether you're looking for an algorithm to make decisions for you, like the Omnipod 5 does, or you just want a great tubeless insulin pump, like that Omnipod Dash, go to omnipod.com forward slash juice box. And once again, you may actually be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. Head over to Omnipod.com forward slash juice box to find out more and get started today. Well, that was weird, Stacey. I've never done that in front of another person before.
1: Well, you did a nice job and didn't even mess up. But...
0: <laughs> and, and I was going to say, I mess up sometimes when I'm editing them <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: privately.
0: Okay. So Stacy, uh, here's how the sausage is made that people don't usually hear. Um, you don't need to use your last name. If we talk about geographic places, don't be specific about where you live. I don't okay. care. I don't care if you mention other people in your life, um, by name, but please, at the end of the hour, don't say to me, oh, I shouldn't have said aunt Billy's name 16 times. Can you please go edit it for me, Scott? So make that okay. decision up front. And, um, if you don't have any questions, we can get started. Do you have any questions?
1: I do not No.
0: Are you nervous? Or are you Okay. No, I'm fine. Okay. Are you nervous? Well, I've never done this before, but I have to tell you, Stacey, I believe in myself in a way that is hard to put into words, so I think
1: we're going to be all right. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good.
0: All right. Okay. Introduce yourself.
1: All right. So my name is Stacey. Um, I live about 30 minutes north of Boston. Um, I have, uh, so my I'm actually a special ed administrator, and my husband and I own a winery and vineyard, um, so, I do that just for fun as well, and that's his full time job. Um, I was diagnosed as a type 1 diabetic um, right in the middle of COVID in February of 2021. Um, and I'm the mom to four kids. Um, I have a 26 year old who is now sort of independent and on her own, um, a 16 year old daughter, a 13 year old um, son who's actually uh, we adopted last year, and a 12 year old son. Stacy. So-
0: there's a lot going on here. I have questions immediately. You can grow yeah. grapes in Massachusetts?
1: We can. Yeah. So actually a lot of cold hearted grapes. Oh, so it, French it actually, mostly.
0: And it, it makes a different kind of wine, I imagine.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes some fantastic wine and we also do a lot of fruit wines.
0: Nice. And your children are spread. So how old are you? 47?
1: I am 48 now.
0: 48. And I felt like yeah. you said you had a 26 year old kid. I'm just doing the math here. You were twenty two. you were twenty two when you made that baby.
1: So she's at, so she is my stepdaughter. Um, but my husband is well, he just turned fifty. So yeah, he was pretty young, and I, um, she's been with me since she was five.
0: Okay, so not a trophy yeah. wife, Stacy. Just a second. No, mm-hmm. yeah. Look at you yeah. representing lovely boy. I just realized, Stacy, I'm under a lot of pressure not to mess up.
1: <laughs> I know. We're going to test your math skills, right? Now you have to do it quickly. Well,
0: I I don't even mean the math. I was like, what if I, so this never happens, right? But I I don't, this may come to no surprise to people. Listen, I don't really think about what I'm going to say as I'm saying it. Uh, But now all of a sudden I was like, what if I do say something like ridiculous? Like, I don't have time. I don't have time to chop it out. And I don't chop things out of the show. But so it's a, it's an unreasonable fear. All right. I'm not worried about it. Stacey, do you have a drink with you?
1: I have coffee. Yes. Did okay. you hear me drink it? No,
0: you're a little snappy when you're opening your mouth. Oh, I was just wondering if okay. you were if you were moist enough. <laughs> there's something that yeah, would, there's good. There's something that wouldn't have made it on the podcast normally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, so you're diagnosed at 46. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Right. And this is a COVID diagnosis, meaning that COVID was pretty yeah. active at that time. Can you take me back to that yes. time?
1: Sure. Um, so again, I work in a school system and the school system that I was working in actually was in person at that time. Um, But my role as an administrator is mostly meetings. I don't, you know, work with students a lot. Um, So I was really, while I was in a school building, was spending a lot of time on Zoom. Mm -hmm. Um, But for quite a while, I mean, now in hindsight, for quite a while, probably for about nine months, I'd been feeling pretty sick. Um, But at the same time, I, I felt like everyone was burnt out. Um you know I started getting really thirsty but we were wearing masks. So I just figured it's just the mask making me thirsty. Uh you know so I'd bring more and more water. I had decided, you know, everyone else was kind of putting on that, you know, the covid pounds. I'm like, "You know, what? I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to eat really healthy." So I actually cut out almost all carbs, which again, in hindsight probably dragged out my diagnosis a bit. Right. Um but, you know, th- my vision started changing, you know, all of those really typical signs. But you couldn't get in to really see the doctor. Um, people weren't, you know, other than my family, like I wasn't really seeing people. So I don't think anyone in my family knew I didn't feel great, but other people weren't really noticing what, at that point. What
0: was the first thing, because you, you're writing off things about the drinking mm-hmm. and, the, and you and you change your diet, etc. What was the first thing that made you think I actually should see a doctor?
1: you know what? Well, I, I started, I mean, again, I was really, really thirsty and I started getting really, really tired. Um, and I started having some vision changes. And of course I went to Google mm-hmm. and it said I diabetes and I assumed it was type two, um, you know, everything you read for adults, really, unless you're searching, you know, specific to type one diagnosis mm-hmm. in adults, yeah, it really talks about type two and it talks about how you can change your diet. Um, So I I just figured if I cut out more carbs, if I was healthier, if I exercised more, I could, you know, reverse whatever symptoms I had. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just, you know, that was sort of the first thing was I just kept Googling. Um, But then I went, like, I went to the eye doctor and I said, I had a really significant vision change. And they said, well, you know what? You're getting older. That happens. (laughs) And they basically told me it was fine. I mean, they wrote me a, a script for new glasses that were... Uh, much stronger than my previous glasses and just said I was getting old.
0: <laughs> did did um, so that work? By I the way, the, did that work? The upgrade in the lenses.
1: You know what was funny was it did. Um, but then when I actually was diagnosed and got my you know numbers under control, my vision actually got better again. And then those glasses no longer worked. So I'm my first imagine. glasses, my original glasses, didn't help me anymore. But my new glasses didn't help. So then I had to go back again anyway. I was
0: going to say with those glasses, you probably have X-ray vision now because yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you remember, my vision
1: got much better.
0: Do you remember yeah. what the leap was in the script?
1: Uh, I mean, it was significant. I really was. I mean, I was wearing glasses that were probably like a, um, you know, a, a, a one or so. You know, they were very mild, right. really, for distance. And all of a sudden, I had a three point something for um, distance, and my reading was was something similar to that. Um, I so, I-, I mean, it really was. A pretty big change. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't see anything without glasses.
0: I didn't go to eyeball school, Stacy, but I think you might want to look for another optometrist. Yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> I did. <Yeah. laughs> yes, I
0: did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's... there were
1: many choices in the middle of COVID.
0: So no, no, no. I understand. Yeah. Actually, yeah. you know, we still have trouble getting into our optometrist because of a yeah. COVID backup. Yep. S- still, and, and today, I guess I don't do this normally, but let's date the show. Today is July 6th, 2022, and you guys are mm-hmm. going to hear this episode about 18 seconds after it's recorded, which I've never done before. Unless Stacy like, changes course I really and mess up. starts cursing like a sailor and everything.
1: <laughs> Start dropping the F-bomb everywhere.
0: Yeah. You know what I don't like, Scott? Children and puppies, and let me tell you why. <laughs> yes. Because they're stupid <laughs> I'm like oh okay Stacy um, anyway, okay so wow all right so you kept getting you kept finding things wrong and people kept you know giving you reasons to think that this was something else except that the the Google yeah. did tell you diabetes, but you were thinking you were gonna right. do sit- ups until it was gone right
1: yeah I mean really when you read about type 2 it really does talk about how you can you know, reverse it sometimes with diet and, and all of those things. And, and again, when I cut more carbs, I feel a little bit better for a little while, Mm -hmm. you know, never great, but it felt a little bit better. You know, I'd have a little more energy. Um, And again, I really wrote a lot of things off thinking it's just the mask. That's why I'm so thirsty all the time. You know, my eyes are bothering me because I'm on zoom constantly. Everyone is tired and stressed. Um, So I, you know, I really kind of ignored a lot of it. Um, and I also knew I just couldn't get in to see a doctor. I mean, they just weren't seeing people. Um, shortly before I ended up being diagnosed, I did call my doctor's office and I said, I really need to be seen. I think I have diabetes. And of course this is just the, you know, whoever answers the phone. And she said, okay, well, we could get you in in a couple of weeks for a virtual appointment. (laughs) I'm like, okay. And I figured, you know what? And again, I should have thought about, she's just a secretary. Like she's not a doctor, but I'm like, well, I guess if they're not worried, then, I shouldn't be worried. Yeah. If, if,
0: if, if if Patty, right. who's been out of college for eight seconds and is 23 years yeah. old and is scrolling TikTok while she's talking to me, thinks I'm okay, yeah. then I must be fine. Right. Yeah. So
1: I did. I, yeah. I, I took the appointment. It was several weeks out. It was going to be a virtual appointment. And the whole time I'm getting sicker and sicker thinking, what are they going to do on a virtual appointment? Like, this is silly. Right. Um. I just didn't know where else to go, you know. At that point, every, you know.
0: I want to point out too, or or I want to find out. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Do you have a lot of experience with illness up until this point in your life? None. No. no. Okay. So no. Nope. Um. I you're... mean, there
1: and again, there was no history of anything in my family. You know, the only and again, this is sort of a weird. Thing that really seems totally unconnected was my um, two biological children both had something called a laryngeal cleft, which is a hole in their larynx.
0: Well, say, um, say the name of it again. I'm sorry.
1: It's a laryngeal cleft. Okay. So a hole, like it, it's basically a cleft in the larynx. So their larynx didn't develop all the way. So, you know, feeding and swallowing, like things would go into their lungs. So they both had to have surgery on their larynx. Um, but it doesn't seem connected in any way. You know, it's just a fluke that seems to happen um it doesn't seem connected to autoimmune or anything else mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean it, what i'm googling about it is very in specific yeah yeah yep it is. Cause is unknown <laughs> yeah and however yeah okay gotcha and, yeah. and so you've i'm sorry of these the i want to make sure i got that right four kids yeah. first one's a yep. uh, stepdaughter um yep. the next two are yours from from blood and then somewhere in there, there's an adopted kid too. Is that right?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My nephew.
0: So both of, Oh, are you going to go making this interesting Stacy? Hold on a second. So hold on. So both of the, the children that you gave birth to ended up having Mm the, the thing that I can't can't pronounce. All right. And I didn't expect this, but how did you end up adopting your nephew?
1: Um, so he, um, it's my husband's, um, sister's son. And so, um, you know, she had been um, gotten into using drugs, um, lost custody. And so he was with us for about five years um, before we adopted him. So we adopted him last year when he was 12.
0: Stacey, um, I have to commend you for that. I, I know that seems like the obvious thing and everybody says, Oh, I would definitely do that. But that's not really what happens. Yeah. You, you, you know, <laughs> you, you know, like, right. yeah, people yeah. are presented with that option and they go, eh, no thanks. You, you know, you, yeah. you, you actually did it. That's amazing. Right. How do you think of it? It's him. Yes, uh, boy.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: How do you think of him? Do you think of him as your nephew? Do you think of him as your son? Or is it a weird mix that's hard to explain?
1: Uh, it's sort of a weird mix only because, you know, again, of all the, t- I mean, of all the time he lived with us, most of it was, you know, we called him a nephew and he called us aunt and uncle. Um, mm. he continues to call us aunt and uncle, um, because that's just been the way that he did it. And for so long, I mean, his whole life really up until 12, yeah. um, he does call, you know, my other kids now siblings, you know, brother and sister, um. And then, you know, we call him, you know, son, although often we refer to him as our nephew, but like, again, out and about, he really wants to say, you know, us to say son um, and out and about, you know, he will say like my mom or my dad when he doesn't want people asking questions. But right. um, again, you know, it's just, he's so used to calling us auntie and uncle that it just stuck and it didn't seem like it should change.
0: My question is, is that when, um when a life thing happens, mm-hmm. is your response to him parental first? Like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, it's really it's very interesting. All right, um, I'm sorry, I I didn't mean to. You just like you said, nephew, and I was like, Stacy got a story, so um, (laughs) that's really okay. I'm later. I'm gonna find out how you start a winery in Massachusetts because that seems like an interesting decision too. But that's for later. Yeah, uh, for now, for now, you're you're blind as a bat, and and you're you're on a Zoom call with a doctor. Um, how does that? Zoom go.
1: Yeah. So I didn't even make it. Um, oh. So again, you know, it was a few weeks out. Um, I get I started getting really sick. I mean, it was to the point where I couldn't um, make the kids breakfast in the morning or get dressed without laying down and often falling asleep. I mean, I really could not get through my day.
2: Mm.
1: I was feeling that sick. And so again, I went back to Google, which I shouldn't do. Um, i had really cut out carbs and a lot. I mean, I really was eating almost no carbs. And then they were talking about like the keto flu. So I'm reading, you know, oh, it sounds like maybe I have the keto flu. So maybe I'm just, I've cut out too many carbs and it's making me feel sick. So I started eating more carbs for a couple days and all of a sudden started dropping weight like crazy. And I'm like, wow, this is really awesome. <laughs> So, uh, you I've know, reset I've my body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, look at this. Because, you know, sometimes they say like, if you diet too much, your body, you stop losing weight. And then if you just start eating, like your body's like, great. So for a few days, I'm thinking, this is fantastic. Like I'm dropping like five pounds a day. I'm eating like crazy. I'm eating carbs. But then again, I just started feeling really sick again. Did
0: you get um, a little bump from the carbs, like an energy bump or no? I uh, You
1: know, probably like for a day or two. Right. Um, and then it, I really just yeah, then the, started to tank.
0: Yeah. The fact that you were dying caught up with you again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. Um, and so that week, you know, again, I was still like a week out from that appointment. Um, I looked at my work schedule and it was like a Tuesday and I'm like, I just can't. I don't know how I'm going to take the day off and, you know, go to urgent care, whatever I need to do. I just need to get through this day. And then, you know, I, Wednesday looks somewhat open. I could, I could figure it out and I can get to the doctor and I'll just go to urgent care. So Tuesday I went to work and again I was just feeling awful. Um, I had really been on Zoom. I hadn't really seen a lot of people and I went to an in-person meeting. And after that in-person meeting, um, the principal in that school, you know, came down to my office and he had a question. He said, before I ask you the question, I just need to ask you something. And I said, what he goes, are you feeling okay? And -hmm. I said, I'm really not. You know, I'm tired. I'm going to go to the doctor tomorrow. And he said well you're slurring your words and i said okay you know i didn't realize how bad it was but i said okay yeah i'm gonna go to i'm gonna go to the doctor you know i'm gonna go and he's like okay well make sure you take care of yourself um and so you know kind of hearing that really made me think i really should do something um i finished out the day i actually had a um, like a town meeting a school board meeting that night that i still had to be on um I remember getting through it, but I remember I was having trouble breathing at that point. Um, and I, I went having, back and watched the video later. I looked awful.
0: Yeah, Stacey, having trouble breathing, like can't take a deep breath, like that kind like, of. Thing.
1: Yeah, I was panting like you, that. I forget what they call yeah, it. that you, you know, you, the breathing that really goes along with PKA, really.
0: Yeah, you were up to that part where your body was like, maybe we can get it out by panting. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Yep. So I just couldn't breathe. I was trying to, you know, talk. I just really couldn't do it. And so in the morning, my husband was going to Connecticut. I figured I I would get the kids off where they needed to be and I would go to urgent care. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was my plan. And I, I really struggled to even get dressed and get out the door. I mean, I just, I kept lying down, um, taking a nap. I was dizzy. It took me forever just to even get out the door. Um, so I, I went to urgent care and again said, I think I'm diabetic. Um, I really did luck out though. I got it, especially as an adult In all the stories that I've heard, you know, where, where people are not properly diagnosed. Um, I went in, he, you know, did blood and a urine test and came back and, you know, did say, how long have you been diabetic? And I said, well, I'm not. And he said, no, you are. <laughs> um, he's like, when was the last time you ate? You know, I said yesterday. And he's like, okay, well, you know, and it, he didn't really explain how serious. So, I mean, he kind of did, I guess, but right. not in detail. He said, Um, you know, you are diabetic, um, you know, you're in DKA and you need to go right to the hospital. We're going to call an ambulance for you. And I said, I can't go to the hospital right now. Like I can't go in an ambulance. I have kids Yeah. and they're going to come home and no one's going to be there. Um,
0: (laughs) he he was like, like, if you go home, they're going to come home and you're going to be laying on the floor. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And he's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, I can't go to the hospital right now. I have to go home. And I have to get the house unlocked and I will call someone to watch my kids, but I can't go right now. I'll, I'll go to the hospital later. And he's like, well, what time could you be there? And I'm like, I don't know, three o'clock. And he's like, nope, too late. I mean, this is probably nine in the morning. Mm. I said, okay, fine. What if I'm there by noon? <laughs> and he's are you- like, well, I- <laughs> he you like, "Why?" Are I you what? You know. he, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I want to let you know. He goes, I don't know how you're still conscious and I don't think you should be driving. And I said, I really don't have a choice. Um, so he wrote me a letter basically saying that I was dying and made me sign it. <laughs> um, and he said, I'm going to call the hospital and tell them that you're going to be there by noon. You know, he, he said, again, I really think you're making a bad choice. And I said, I don't know what else to do.
0: Have you spoken um, to him about this since then? No, I, no. Are you still, is, is he still your doctor?
1: No, this was just a guy in urgent care that oh. I've never met before.
0: I'd love to interview that guy. I I, yeah. I, I bet he was like, oh. I can't tell this person what to do because America and all, but yeah, she's gonna. I'm, I bet he thought you were leaving to die.
1: I'm sure he did. And again, I did not, I mean, he wrote a letter saying I was gonna die, but they always do that. Like, you know, (laughs) signing out against medical advice. (laughs) I still didn't realize how serious it was, or when he said go to the hospital, that he meant like I was being admitted and would be there for a while.
0: Oh, I was and thinking you were, I was going like to the ER. Yeah. And you were messed up at that point too, right? Because slurring oh, your yeah. words and you were not in a good. Yeah. And I wonder if legally he couldn't have detained you or just like, I wonder where that falls. That'd be interesting to find out actually. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I have no idea. Um, And so I drove myself home at the same time. I called my mother-in-law, asked her to meet me at the house um, so she could get the kids um, you know, be there for them. My daughter at the time was like in a hybrid schedule. So she was getting home, you know, just as I did. Um, and I figured why well, throw a couple things in a backpack. Cause again, I, I really thought I was just going to be in the ER for a while. So sure. I wanted, you know, a book and a phone charger in um, a sweatshirt. Like that's all I was grabbing, but I didn't even have the energy to do it. So my daughter ran and grabbed that stuff for me. Um, I refilled my cups. Cause at that point I was carrying around like multiple cups with me <laughs> And, um, you know, my daughter was going to wait for my mother-in-law, and so I drove myself to the the hospital, um, thinking I was just going to the ER, and ended up being admitted to the ICU and I was there for five days.
0: Yeah, I bet you were. Stacey, before we move forward, um, mm-hmm. I have to put the ads right here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you use Omnipod or Dexcom by any chance?
1: I use Dexcom, and I'm on tandem.
0: Okay. Well, Omnipod and Dexcom are today's sponsors, so...
1: Yes. Ready. I love the Dexcom. Uh,
0: yes. well, excellent. Chime in whenever you like. By the way. Uh, All right. I'm going to start with Omnipods. So you may not have a ton to uh, to say about that. Uh, it, do you know the ad music? Is there any chance you could hum it underneath the people? <laughs> I
1: don't think so. <laughs> okay.
0: No. I'm teasing you. Uh, okay. So today's uh, one of today's sponsors of the podcast is Omnipod. Uh, my daughter has been wearing an Omnipod since she was four, Stacy, and she's actually going to be 18 in. Like two weeks. So that's like 14 years, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a long time. Um, here's the thing about Omnipod. It's small and tubeless and it's not connected to anything. Like Stacy has a pump, which I know plenty of people like, but Stacy's pump has an infusion set. And then a, a, a tube comes from the infusion set and it goes to the controller. And that uh, creates a situation, Stacy, I'm right, where you have to keep the controller on, on your person. Now yes. with, with an Omnipod, the controller is wireless and the pod is tubeless. So there's no connection between the thing that you wear on your body and the thing that you hold to give yourself insulin. Now, Stacy, if people go to Omnipod.com forward slash juice the first thing that's going to happen to them may be startling because Omnipod has added a photograph of me on that page. So I want everybody to prepare themselves. I don't want anybody to like pass out, you know what I mean, like from the excitement <laughs> or the fear, or whatever happens when you see me. I'm going to assume it's just abject horror, but, th- but that's not the point. When you get there, the, the the website allows a number of things. First of all, it'll give you information about the OmniPod 5 and the OmniPod dash. It will let you see what the pod looks like, beautiful photograph. You can actually get a test drive of the pod. Some people may be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. When you get there, you can find out if you are one of those people. You very well may be. Other things you can do at the site, check your insurance coverage. Or you can actually just talk to an Omnipod specialist. So this, again, Stacy, happens at omnipod.com forward slash I feel silly doing this in front of somebody.
1: I know and <laughs> you're doing daughter, a great job.
0: Do you, am I am I being coherent? Yes. Excellent. Well, that's good news. <laughs> All right. Here's some things that I like about Omnipod. The tubeless nature of it allows my daughter to swim, bathe, or just do whatever she wants without having to disconnect. And I am uh, fully in favor of people not being disconnected from their basal insulin during activities or you know anything and you know what i mean about activities right stacy like it could be like yes, I do. anything running around in your backyard to whatever it is you and your husband do when the lights are off i don't know right but like you know at least you don't have to take do you take your tandem off to make fun stacy
1: <laughs> uh really depends on what my numbers are
0: okay all right well with the omnipod you wouldn't have to worry about that <laughs> true um anyway omnipod's terrific uh I've had nothing but great experiences with the company and with my daughter wearing the pump in general. Like I said, she's been wearing it every day since she was four. I mean, that's a lot of days. It's a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously it's working where we, uh, (laughs) gotta be honest with you, we would have tried something else by now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, mean, I
1: know and everyone's waiting for you to share how she's doing on the omnipod live
0: yes i know and and we will be talking mm-hmm. about that coming up on the podcast very soon so omnipod.com forward slash juicebox and i have to tell you stacy that for full safety risk information and free trial terms and conditions you can also visit my link omnipod.com forward slash juicebox now Stacy the dexcom is um is a continuous glucose monitor right right now the dexcom g6 is available if you go to dexcom.com forward slash box again it's a website so you know not a lot of surprises but you're going to be looking for a button that says get started with dexcom g6 when you get there if you just want to get started and you don't want to learn anything else you can absolutely click on that and get going you may actually be eligible for a free 10-day trial of the dexcom g6 and the way it's set up is interesting. When you go to the web page and you try to leave the web page, the browser stops you. And it's like, hey, before you go. So after you've done all your reading and you see what you've figured out, if you're not sure if you want to get started, you can still see if you're eligible for that free 10-day trial. When you get to the website, there's plenty to learn about. Uh, for instance, the Dexcom is a, a lovely little device that works with a Dexcom receiver or, if you like, could work with an Android or iPhone. Up to 10 people can follow your numbers. So, like, Stacey, does anybody follow you?
1: My husband does.
0: Okay. Did you know nine more people could if you wanted them to?
1: Yes. My son would really like to, but I won't let him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which son?
1: My youngest. So my my 12-year-old um, is a real numbers guy and has been obsessed with it and wants to follow me, but I won't let him because he just boss me around.
0: So he's asked you without any, ind- like, you didn't it never came up. He like from you, he just said, I'd like to follow your blood sugars.
1: As soon as I was diagnosed multiple times. Yes. You think he's He's really upset.
0: I won't let him follow me. Do you think he's worried about you or do you think he's looking for a great opportunity to tell you what to do?
1: Um, I think he liked, I think he really wanted to track my numbers Mm -hmm. and I mean, I think there's a safety piece too, but I think he really wanted to track my numbers. So he checks pretty frequently. He checks on my pump. Um, you know, he's, he's relaxed a bit, but I think he just really was, was very curious about
0: interesting. it. That's very interesting. Okay. So you can share your data with up to 12, uh, excuse me, with up to 10 people. Uh, it's compatible with Android iPhone and the Dexcom receiver. You can set your alarms anywhere you want. My daughter's alarms are at, on my phone where I follow, I have alarms set at 70 and 120 Arden's alarms are set at 70 and 130. Where are yours, Stacy? Mine are
1: 70 and 130.
0: Oh, Excellent. Somebody listens to the podcast. Okay, um, so anyway, if you want to see the speed, direction, and number of your blood sugar, there's no matching what Dexcom does for you. As a matter of fact, Stacey, this is where I open up my phone and tell everybody what Arden's blood sugar is. Do you want to tell everybody what your blood sugar is? You don't have to. Uh, Yeah,
1: mine is uh, 108.
0: 108, Arden's is 74. Oh, See, it's <laughs> not a contest, Stacey. Don't be upset. Yeah. <laughs> so, if this because I'm
1: drinking coffee,
0: <laughs> coffee makes your blood sugar go up. Yeah. Bet you learned that because of the Dexcom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just drank water in the middle of an ad. I've never done that before. Anyway, dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Stacy, there are links in the show notes of the podcast player that people are listening in right now, and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to Omnipod Dexcom and all of the sponsors. And you know, when those people click on those links, Stacey, that's really helpful for the podcast. So we appreciate that very much.
1: I'll just click away even though I don't need to.
0: Don't don't listen. Don't tell Dexcom that <laughs> you're clicking on the link when you don't. You already have a Dexcom. Make it feel like everybody's new and excited. And all right, that's yeah. okay. I have. I don't know how to end that. So thank you for sitting through that. And uh, mm-hmm. we're done this part now. I can get rid of this screen. By the way, the picture of me on omnipod.com forward slash juice boxes. It's the best photo I could take. I'm not a photogenic person, so but please don't don't mock me. I'll check it out. <laughs> hey, before we get back to your story. Kussmaul respirations are characterized by rapid, deep breathing at a consistent pace. They are indicative yes. of metabolic acidosis or when the body accumulates too much acid. Kussmaul resp- uh, respirations are occasionally described as air hunger, emphasizing the strong need to breathe. And I think I'm going to add that to the Defining Diabetes series, actually.
1: Yeah. And that's what it was. And then, and you know, they told me once I got to the ER what that, you know, what it really was.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now here we are. You're in the ER. Finally, Mm -hmm. I no problems. You just what are you like a like a robot? How did you what was it like between the time when you got home and when you went to the ER?
1: Um, I mean, I felt okay driving because I was sitting. Um, I mean, whether or not I was really okay driving, I (laughs) probably not a good judge of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't get in an accident, I guess. Um, But again, going home, I couldn't even go get my book and my charger and my sweatshirt. So I had my daughter run and grab that stuff. And I just kept sitting, like we had a window seat. I just kept sitting down mm-hmm. and, you know, just, I, you know, I felt like I could fall asleep. Um, so she, you know, grabbed stuff, in my backpack, I, you know, my mother-in-law was going to come over and I went to the ER. Um, the doctor had already called saying that I was coming Uh, but again, it was during COVID. So it was, it was very weird. So there was only a handful of people in the ER waiting room and no one was allowed in with them. So I walked in on my own, but at the same time, you know, a woman had walked in with her elderly mother who obviously was very confused and had to just leave her sitting there in a wheelchair. Um, so it was a very weird situation. So I checked in and sat down, but you know, they had been waiting for me. So they took me in pretty quickly. Um, and, you know, ran some of the tests again. Um, and, you know, they started doing some, te- you know, checking my heart. Um, you know, they, at that point, really, they said I was very close to, you know, having some organ failure. Um, you know, so, um, you know, my heart was very strained at that point. I was having trouble breathing. You know, obviously, they ran all the tests and explained at that point what DKA was um, and that they really suspected that I was type one, but they needed to wait for some other tests to really confirm. Um, and even at that point, they told me that I was being admitted to the ICU. And again, I really thought, we were talking a day. I I really had no idea until I got in there and they really started talking to me about it. Yeah, how serious it was.
0: So even in the ER when they're starting to report back, so COVID was weird, right? They were leaving people in chairs yeah. and then they were like pulling you back into a room, taking blood, doing stuff, then sticking yep. you back in chairs again, right? Um, yes. And yeah. So out there, even the gravity of it is still lost on you at this point. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I really thought like you know, again, I knew enough about diabetes or type one. I'm just thinking, well, they'll just give me some insulin and I'll go home. Mm. Um, or, you know, they're going to give me something, some medication and go home. I really didn't, um, understand, you know, until I got up to the ICU and they started explaining it, that first of all, they took away my water. (laughs) It's like, why are you taking away my water? (laughs) I'm so thirsty. And for like two days, they wouldn't even let me drink. And I would, I just, that was horrendous. Um, you know, obviously I, I, couldn't eat, you know, they hooked me up, but they could not start the insulin until they really got, um, you know, they were explaining like the ion gap had to close. I, I had almost no potassium in my system. Um, so they were giving me potassium, you know, my sodium was incredibly low. I mean, every single number of my blood work, and I've always had very normal blood work and I've looked at it now after the fact, you know, you can go in the portal and see it. Every single part of my blood work was off.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, And so, you know, really kind of hit home. I mean, how sick I was now looking back, I really just didn't understand that at all.
0: At what point in this process, if at all, did you have the realization like, oh, I I should not have left that urgent care?
1: (laughs) I, you know... I guess I always knew that, but I just I, I really even now, I had no choice. I don't know what else I would have done.
0: Stacy, 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 hold on, let's stop for a second.
1: I know, <laughs> what, I know. my but, husband was like a Connecticut, like he was just he was gonna be back later. I just had no way to get just, anyone <laughs> anywhere?
0: Yeah. But. but so what uh, what, uh, what about your personality <laughs> allowed yeah. you to ignore dying because the kids were by themselves? You know,
1: and what was really interesting was I did have someone, one of the women in the ER, I think, I don't know if she was a nurse or a doctor, said, um, you know, the doctor from urgent care did call over. He was very, very worried about you. And I said, okay. And she said, but you know what? I understand being a mom.
0: No, I I understand the feeling. Yeah, yeah, no, I I understand the feeling, but I'm just telling you, if that guy said that to me. I would have looked up at everybody I ever was concerned about or cared about or loved, and i have been like, y'all on your own. I got to go. Hey, see you later, guys. Scott's <laughs> sick. See ya. Yeah. Uh, pray yeah. for the best. I'm on my way. I, I, But you know what I mean? Like, you... Yeah. I know the mom thing is crazy. Like, it really is. And I don't mean crazy in a bad way. I mean, it's kind of marvelous and, and strange. The, you know, that idea of, like, I can't do this right now because the kids. Y-
1: y- yeah. Know. And I, you know, I... I think had I been thinking straight, I probably could have problem solved some other pieces. you know, mm-hmm. I probably could have had That's someone it. come to the urgent care and grab my house keys, any of that. I really I didn't understand
0: So you were you know, how you serious were, it was right you were really altered. So in this moment right yeah. now, if you were presented with a similar situation in this moment right now, you'd say, okay, well, I'll move this piece here. I'll get this person to check yeah. on this kid somebody's going to come by and pick up these keys for me. Let's get that ambulance. Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, I also would have gone to the doctor way sooner and not worried about work. And, you know, to the point where I almost killed myself. Yeah. You know, I, I, I listen to my body now and obviously didn't before. I really ignored it for a very long time and shouldn't have.
0: Well, that's interesting. So how is your, how is your perspective on illness and your body changed in, I mean, it's not been 2 years, right? You haven't had it that long?
1: No, not yet, just over a year.
0: Yeah. So, like, so you know, I mean, yeah. ha- have you had a big shift in how you think about things and has it impacted other stuff?
1: It I mean, definitely. I I really, I mean, I I was all in, you know, in terms of, you know, trying to figure this out. I'm like, I'm going to get my numbers down. I really was so sad about you know at that point, like all the things that had happened. My vision had gotten so bad, um, you know. my My hair was starting to fall. Like you know, your hair was my hair was starting to thin. I had my skin had gotten incredibly dry at that point. Um, I ended up developing um, you know like neuropathy on the bottoms of my feet and at the back of my legs. And some of that has stayed, and some has gotten better.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But all of the reading after the fact, you know, when you really start reading about diabetes and you start reading about the complications. I don't want that. And I don't want that for myself. I don't want that, you know, for my kids to have to deal with. So I really went all in, but I really listen to my body. Now I will call up and advocate for myself. And I did, you know, after diagnosis, I fought to get appointments. I fought, you know, to get seen by the people that I wanted to be seen by and get the technology that I wanted. Um, so I, I definitely kind of learned from that experience.
0: Yeah. Stacey, how long do you think this whole process was going on in hindsight? Like uh, if you would have like you know, yeah. an alarm would have went off yeah. when you, it happened, how long between then and and you being in the hospital?
1: So I'm not sure if, you know, I, oftentimes they say it was kicked off by an illness. Um, the whole house, you know, we were all sick uh, like January 2020. So right before, you know, everything shut down that March, mm-hmm. um, we were sick with a cold and a cough that just wouldn't quit. You know, the kids, it wasn't bad. My husband and I it lasted a long time and it really went on for months. Um, you know, then they said COVID was here and everything shut down. Um, then they started doing some research and, and realizing that COVID was around, you know, well before we thought it was. It was in the Boston area. Um, they had already confirmed it. So my husband, I think that summer went for a um, antibody test and tested positive for the antibodies, which showed that we, he had had it at least. And most likely we both did. That was the only time I was sick. So I don't know if that's what set it off for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say it was, it was a good nine plus months that I was feeling sick before I was diagnosed. Um, And it just got progressively worse. And I would say probably the last like month or two months, you know, before diagnosis, that's when I really felt awful.
0: Yeah. You know, in January back then, my wife's uh, b- because of her job is kind of aware of mm-hmm. stuff like this, and she said to me, "Hey, there's a weird virus in China," and I was like, "Yeah." God, she yeah. knows "It's going to make it here," and I was, I was like, "Really?" And then I kind of, I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I just was like, sure, "Yeah, whatever, lady." <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's right about that. So um, she also, yeah, told and me- it was
1: here way earlier than we thought, and actually, right before we got sick. My daughter had appendicitis. And so I took her to the ER and everyone in the ER was like coughing and complaining. They'd had a cough for like weeks. Mm -hmm. And so I were there for appendicitis and everyone was so sick, uh, but no one was wearing masks. And I'm pretty sure that's when we picked it up.
0: Yeah. My my wife's other uh, Nostradamus uh, thought, which I'll share with you here, is that she said that at some point after enough time passes, everyone on the planet will have had COVID. And, oh yeah. Yeah, she told Absolutely. me that like she was like in January telling me these things before all of it kind of broke open and you know we mm-hmm. became publicly aware of it. And I was like, this girl is just such a bummer. But <laughs> she... <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, she learned something in college. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. <laughs> knew all about it. So, so you guys probably your whole family probably had COVID in January.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I would suspect because yeah. we all had it and it really was very mild for the kids and my husband and I was worse and it really was just that cough, you know, it just didn't go away.
0: Any um, other, but, I'm sorry, any other autoimmune yeah. in your family?
1: Absolutely none. No.
0: No, just uh, like, nope. cer- like uh, celiac or like nothing. No.
1: That's crazy. Nope, nothing.
0: Huh. Did you get the kids, so. did you get the kids antibody tests after you were yes, diagnosed? Yes, and
1: they're negative. Okay. Yeah.
0: Who'd you do that through, trial no. or JDRF?
1: Yeah, try on, try on that. Okay.
0: Um
1: yeah.
0: well that's good news. How how has this yeah, impacted yeah. your has it impacted your relationship with your husband? Because this is a late in life diagnosis. I mean, it sounds like yeah. things were cruising along pretty well for you guys. Mm-hmm. So um has it changed your relationship at all, or is he very involved in it or not very involved in it? How have you decided to handle
1: it? Yeah. That? Um, he's pretty involved. And I mean, I think it was a learning curve for all of us. You know, the kids were old enough to kind of learn about it again because of COVID it was, it was weird. So, you know, I'm in the ICU, they can't come and visit or do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, so any, I mean, I, I had pretty minimal education I'd say in the hospital, but they couldn't be there for that. Um, So when I got home, it was a lot of figuring it out on my own. So they were very, you know, willing to kind of figure it out with me. Um, My husband's great about, you know, counting carbs or leaving out, you know, the wrappers or trying to figure it out or measuring. Now I say like I weigh and measure everything and he um, helps with that. Um, The kids were all sort of different. So my daughter who's 16 really wants to go into medicine and had just gone to a medical camp where they, you know, learned to do IVs and all of that. So she, her piece was like she wanted to be involved in, you know, helping me put on my Dexcom or my infusion sites, like filling the insulin cartridge. She got very into the medical piece of it. Um, and then, you know, my youngest, I told you, wanted to follow me on his, on the Dexcom, follow me app. I mean, he um, just was very intrigued by numbers. You know, are your numbers going up or down? What does that mean? Uh, you know, why can't I follow you? He knew I was keeping a journal. I'm pretty sure he was keeping his own. Um, he just... <laughs> Uh, he found out there was, so it was interesting after I was diagnosed and I got the Dexcom and he, you know, obviously it has a unique sound, the alarms. And he was at lacrosse practice one day and he didn't realize his lacrosse coach was diabetic and the guy's um, alarm went off. And so my son recognized what it was and went up to me. He's like, so are you high or low? <laughs> and <laughs> the guy's kind of looking at him like, what? He's like, well, my mom has one of those. Are you high or low? Uh, and so then, you know, I, we had to talk about how he can't follow his coach either, or check his numbers. Well, it um, sounds like
0: your son is like is the Jane Goodall of diabetes. <laughs> she, yeah, she's gonna she's gonna start tracking you guys and living with you, yeah. really embed herself. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah.
1: Something. He just I think he really likes numbers and graphs. So it was that's how he kind of managed it, you know, and understood it was looking at numbers and graphs.
0: Stacy, fun fun game. Jane Goodall, yeah. al- alive or dead? What's your best guess?
1: Oh goodness, she's. She's still alive,
0: isn't she? She is. She's 88.
1: Wow. That's amazing.
0: Very yeah. Good for her.
1: I remember reading, yeah, her autobiography as a kid. I loved her. How so, many yeah. people
0: under the age of like 30 right now do you think are like, Jane Goodall? Who the hell is that? yeah right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it's like just a, my uh, Pippi Longstockings. My daughter dresses her once for Halloween. And no one knew who she was except for women over 40. And <laughs> every house we stopped at with a 40-plus-year-old woman would go, I loved 50 Longstockings, my favorite book. And everyone else is looking at her like, who
0: are you? Mom, why did I get so much peanut brittle for Halloween? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The older ladies loved you, sweetheart. They loved you. Yeah. <laughs> they went yep. into their own stash. Absolutely. That's something. Anyway, Jane Goodall, uh, you should read about her. She's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Okay. So, you, uh, so that's how it went with the kids and everything. But yeah. now you're up against a different problem because you have mm-hmm. type 1 diabetes at the beginning of COVID, when nobody knows how to handle anything, right? Like yeah. everyone is scared of their of, of things they should be scared of, they're scared of things they yeah. shouldn't be scared of. We are just in general. I wiped off groceries one time, Stacey, before I pulled myself together. <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> I never got that back. Uh,
0: while my children were like, hey man, this seems like like it's not necessary. And I was like, I don't know. That's yeah. not that's what they're saying, you know. So um, yeah. I actually know somebody who would fill a tub. And wash everything that came in the house through it.
2: Oh wow! I
0: knew people who were leaving packages outside of their house in their garage for a week before they would touch them. <laughs> right. So anyway, my point yeah. is, is that's where right. we people were. People were crazy. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. where we were at yep. that moment. And you have a new disease to manage that's not easy to mm-hmm. manage. So was like zooming even set up well back then? How did you see a doctor?
1: Um, not great. So again, when I was in the ICU, they did bring in a diabetes educator once for like an hour and she showed me, you know, how to, um, you know, check my, you know, my blood glucose, you know, to, to put my finger um, kind of demonstrated, you know, she, I think she showed me some pictures of like how an insulin pen would work and then had me giving myself my own injections, but she was filling the syringe because I was going to have a pen. So, you know, really I was just, giving myself insulin, yeah. um, you know, they taught me basically how to use, you know, it's just sort of a correction factor. And, um, they told me just to eat a certain amount of carbs, which again was like a, t- or I think everyone's like a ton of carbs. Like it was kind of ridiculous. I'm like, why am I doing this? And, um, even when I left the ICU, my numbers were still really high. I mean, I still had blood sugars at like 300. Um, but at that point, you know, the doctor's like, well, I don't know that there's that much more we can do for you here that you wouldn't be doing at home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, which again, you know, kind of tells you they don't always have a great understanding of it <laughs> You're um, like, in a hospital setting.
0: No, please. Somebody just yeah. teach me something. <laughs> I'm pretty
1: sure it was the fact that they had me eating like 60 carbs a meal, you know, and I think they actually be higher than that and cut back a little bit down to 60. Wow. Um,
0: you I, know, but I then I'd have that, to eat. Stacey, I see that a lot where, um. People are newly diagnosed, they come online, they, they say stuff like, yeah. the doctor said, but my kid has to eat like a certain amount of carbs, that's way yeah. too much food for them, and I'm stuffing the yep. food in this kid's mouth, and they don't want it, and yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It Absolutely, really and
1: they'd have you dose like as soon as you're, they said, you know, you have to to dose as soon as your food is in front of you, but then, you know, once you dosed for that amount of carbs, like you'd have to sit there and eat it, and I'm like, I don't even want this, um, you know, so I, you know, and, and it was interesting it again, they didn't, I, you know, I don't think they really knew what they were doing. Um, at one point I did have I had one ICU nurse who was really fantastic. I mean, she was very sweet. Um, you know, she was very caring and she would come in and chat, but at one point she said to me, I'm worried, I think you're too okay with this. Like you don't seem upset about this. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, and I'm like I'm upset about this. I'm like, I thought I was dying of cancer or something like <laughs> Type one, like I can deal with this. This is okay. I really, when I came, when I came, I thought I was dying. So
0: yeah, did you really? Is that at that
1: point I didn't? I didn't know what it was. I mean, I just I was that ill that I figured it had to be something. Right. No,
0: I I understand how how bad off you are. You were really bad off. Yeah. So, but I'm just wondering if like part of that, like, listen, let me just do this one more thing for my kids before I go find out that it's over. Like like I, I would yeah. love to I would love to interview the the wonky slurring you back then. That would be really interesting. And right? and the guy yeah. at the at the urgent care who was I'm guaranteeing you you left and he was like, What the hell? Why doesn't anybody oh, yeah. listen? <laughs> you know? I'm
1: surprised he didn't have some cop, you know, follow me home thinking that I was gonna swerve off the road or something. I so. swear to you,
0: I I, I assume that they had some legal um leeway where he could detain you or just send you to the hospital i i didn't realize that yeah that he probably could have because that's a really interesting <laughs> i mean listen freedom i'm for it stacy don't get me mm-hmm. wrong but that's an interesting scenario like we, you were out yeah. of your mind and yeah, yeah. but yeah. not crazy not like not like you know so he's like well it's okay so what does that mean does that mean if i this doesn't make any sense stacy if i'm in a car and i get hit by a car another car and I have a head injury enough where I'm slurring my words and not able to put together easy ideas like someone could come pick my keys up for my kids. Mm-hmm. An ambulance person, a cop, no one at a scene of that accident can say this person doesn't know what they're doing. They need to go to the hospital.
1: Uh, yeah, I wonder. I think it's different, by state. you know, in terms of what they consider, like you can't make a decision or, you know, yeah.
0: I have no idea. Yeah, Massachusetts um, is where the Pilgrims came to. So they must be really into it. Yeah. The, um, yeah,
1: I mean, he, yeah. he did make me sign a letter, again, and the letter's pretty clear that I was going to die if I left. Um, and I signed it, but, you know, that was,
0: that you should was get about that, it. You should get that yeah. letter. That belongs to the last page of your baby I, book.
1: I still have it. <laughs> yeah, you? I did keep it.
0: I, I would, I would too. So.
1: Because <laughs> I went back to read it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess he did say I was going to die. <laughs> um, I mean, and he kept saying, I don't know how you're self-conscious.
0: Yeah, well, um, it's not his job to, like, talk you into understanding his I don't know I, anyway I don't want to yeah. I don't want to come down on somebody but this it, it seems like a really strange um decision in, in my opinion to yeah. just let you go so are you so you get your you're getting your education how during COVID
1: yes yeah, So just so again in the hospital I, I met with the diabetes educator once um you know and then when I was leaving so I was discharged on a Sunday it was actually Valentine's Day but like they, it, it was taking them a long time to discharge me and so I kept saying like the pharmacy is gonna close soon so you know they finally got my scripts over but I get to the pharmacy like just as it's gonna close um, and they were gonna follow up you know they said to follow up my primary care and they'd get me an appointment with the diabetes educator mm-hmm. um, but I get to the pharmacy and they give me pens but instead of the pen needles they give me syringes
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, like every, and I'm looking <laughs> at this and' I'm like I don't know how to do this <laughs> And the like people at the friends story. here are like, well, that's how the script is written. I'm like, but I, you don't understand. I don't know how to do this,
0: right? And could somebody um, like go the extra mile and do the right thing for you? <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, know. Jesus.
1: It was kind of crazy, and again, they just, I just, it just shows so that they don't understand it. Um, so I took the stuff home. You know, I'm on YouTube figuring it out. Um, I did get I so my, the diabetes educators at that point were doing like just phone calls. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did at least get a phone call. Um, and I made an appointment with my um, primary care office, but I couldn't be seen by my primary care. So they said, well, we've got this guy who's new. You can see him. Um, and I did go see him in person as probably a week after my diagnosis. But again, I, he may have had, I don't know, 10 minutes of diabetes education in medical school. Um, and I feel like he was 12. <laughs> um, he was of no help at all. You know, I i mean, none. I yeah. was taking a long acting insulin at that point. And I was, you know, um, was I was running really high in the morning still. You know, they had me checking a certain number of times a day. and In the morning, I was still going up to like three, 400. Yeah. And he said, well, you know, what if you just um, switched and took your long acting insulin, um, at night instead of in the morning. And I said, okay, well, I took it this morning. So would I just take it tonight? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that should be fine. Mm. And I'm like, is that okay? Like if I already took, say, 40 units this morning, do I take 40 units tonight too? And he goes, well, I don't know. I guess you could just split it in half or something.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. Like, <laughs> like I'm going to go home and die. I don't know, Stacey. Why <laughs> don't you go, tr- doing? go try
0: it and see what happens. Like, let me know. If yeah, you're alive yeah. tomorrow, give me a call.
1: Yeah, I was so scared and I just felt like I couldn't get, you know, none of my prescriptions were right. Um, I called, you know, trying to get an appointment with an endocrinologist and they were months out. Mm -hmm. So I started calling around Boston, you know, like, like Jocelyn, like all, you know, MGH, every place, and they were all just months out.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, So I called the diabetes educator back and I said, I just don't know what to do. I really don't know what I'm doing. You know, my numbers aren't getting any better. And she said, "Well, let me make some phone calls." And all of a sudden, I get a call from the Endo's office, and they're going to squeeze me in for a virtual visit. Um, you know, within a week.
0: Did they teach um, you how to put the syringes on the pens?
1: <laughs> <laughs> they did get me pen needles. Good,
0: good, good. Uh, I got you pen know, needles.
1: within a couple of days. Uh, but it was funny because again, it was written by someone else. So, like the, the needles were really long. I'm going to be honest; they were pretty big. Um, the my endocrinologist. I've lucked out is amazing. And I really was expecting kind of a crappy telehealth visit. She was on with me for probably two hours. Um, She, you know, first goes through all my prescriptions and she looked at them and she goes, why are the needles so big? You know, why do you have this? Why do you have that? We're going to fix all this. So, you know, she started going into, you don't need needles that are that big, even, you know, to prick your finger. She said, you don't need the lancet to be that long. So she started changing everything. Um, she started talking to me right away. She's like, we're going to get you on the Dexcom right away. Why don't you swing by my office and we'll give you one just to try while you wait. Hmm. Um, she's like, I want to get you on a pump right away. You know, let's do this. Let's, you know, figure out your carb ratio. Like, there's no reason you have to be doing this. Um, she was fantastic. That's and has continued great. to be fantastic. Yeah.
0: Um, well, that's what I was saying. You just, that was great. You need one person to care enough to try. Yeah. And, yep. and it would be nice to bump into somebody once in a while who actually knew what they were doing. It wasn't just giving you, you know, the best they could come up with off the top of their head. Yeah. I take your point too about the younger person, because I was uh, in a situation recently where I, I was talking to a person in their, like, mid-20s about a business Mm -hmm. thing, and I was like, all I could think was, like, they're, like, they're five years old, it feels like. You you know what I mean? Like, and, like, all the obvious things that should have happened in that moment didn't happen, and I thought, they're just, they're new at this. They don't know yet. And, I mean, that's fine for that situation. There's no problem with, obviously, new people getting new jobs and learning things, but not on your ass, you know what I mean, Stacy?
1: Right. Just say <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but let me find someone who can do this for you, or find yeah, out. Yeah. You
0: know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. I don't know. Maybe yeah. split it, or just take it all, or whatevs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, Let's just see
1: what happens. Yeah. <sighs> you know.
0: Won't this be fun? <laughs> like, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, this isn't a good idea. I'm not going to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be in a situation where you're the where you're the test dummy, and they're hoping yeah. you'll call them back and let them know, so they know for next time, and. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, it's under, listen, so, understandable, right? Yeah. You did get to the right person eventually.
1: Yeah. And again, so the end was great. You know, she got, you know, she got me in, we started the process of, you know, to get a pump. Um, you know, I tried the Dexcom, and, you know, we had to wait for my insurance and all of that. But really at that point, that's when I just started doing the research on my own and realized like, there's no one that's going to meet with me every day or really help me with this or really understands. Um, so I, the first, you know, I started searching on the internet. Actually, the first book that I picked up was Think Like the Pancreas, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I started, you know, doing basal tests like, and, and using some of the formulas in there to really figure out, you know, what my number should be because I was still running so high. Um, one of the, you know, in the back of the book, he's a lot of resources. And one of them was, you know, your podcasts. And so that's when I started listening. And, and so I went on, on, you know, your podcast website and I started just sort of reading the descriptions. And, and the first one that um, had caught my eye was, um, Car- you know, Carrie, uh, I think there was, I was looking back. Um,
0: Carrie Sparling.
1: 400. Yeah. 446. I uh, lost and found Carrie. Okay. Well, um.
0: You- was well, the that. first
1: episode that I listened to, and oh, she was oh. an adult in her forties. Oh,
0: oh, not her. Okay, okay. So the first episode, yeah. I thought I was still back in in Gary's book, oh, yeah. and I and I was thinking of people he might send you to. But you're, you found no. It so the episode. on your
1: okay. podcast, I found that was the first episode that I listened to because it sounded like something that I needed. You know, so an an adult woman in her forties was diagnosed, um, and so that's the first podcast that I listened to, and it really. I'm like okay, so this does happen to other forty-year-old women out of the blue. Yeah. Um,
0: oh, episode... you know, so I, was, I
1: really started listening and and just making all the changes on my own, figuring nice. it out because no one else does it.
0: Yeah, I'm looking here, episode 446. I lost and found Car- Carrie. Carrie yeah. was diagnosed with type one diabetes at 44 years old, and I can see why that would grab your attention. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Well, I appreciate that Gary put me in his book too. Thank you. You're the first yeah. person that's mentioned that on the podcast. So. I did know that, I did know that happened, but I, I've never really said it anywhere.
1: Between the book and the podcast, I was able to, um, you know, and again, I got on the Dexcom, I got the pump, um, you know, but, but even the diabetes educator, when they teach you how to use the pump, they're very cautious. They want, you know, you running higher, not lower and, and not over correcting. And I think they're really conservative, um, and so I just really started messing with it on my own. And every time I go in now, and my diabetes educator is like, "So who told you how to do this?" I'm like I just did it.
0: Yeah, and like, it.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: figured <laughs> it out. How about that? How, hey, here's a uh, fun. Here's a fun yeah. question for you. How come the doctors won't just figure out how to do it instead of making me 200 all the time when they put me on a pump or yeah? something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Although what's interesting is my my endocrinologist because I'm very comfortable making these changes she's very comfortable letting me, I mean, she's fantastic. Like when I go in, she'll really dig through numbers. You know, she'll look at my A1C, I was down to 5.6. She's great with it. You know, I asked about, um, you know, tandem, some people talk about using sleep mode all the time. So I asked her, she goes, I don't see why not? If it works for you, great. Um, But my diabetes educator, actually, when I, when my A1C came back at 5.6, she didn't like that. She thought it was too low she feels like I should be higher. Uh, she doesn't like that. I'm using sleep mode. Um, you know, she worries more about lows. So it's, it's, you get some different feedback from different people. Yeah. Um,
0: no, I understand. And you have to be able to, you have to be able to make your own decisions at some point, but mm-hmm. that's not possible for a lot of people. So like, yeah. you know, obviously your personality lends itself to pushing through what you're hearing and making mm-hmm. your own decisions. Um, but everyone's doesn't some people the first thing they hear is what they'll do for the rest of their life
1: yeah you know yeah. i think about that a lot in my role and you know i work with so many families and and so many people with different abilities and backgrounds and resources and i it's not lost on me how lucky i am that i can do this and i i can research it and i can manage it and i can get the technology and i think there's so many people out there that just for many reasons can't. Yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, statistically the numbers are what they are, and why there's so many people with um you know that that are having complications or why they say diabetes takes so many years off your life. Mm-hmm. Because you have to account for everyone. And and I really think about you know what would I do if I didn't have the resources, if I didn't have the skill set. I mean even just the math involved or the problem solving involved. Um, you know, you need to have a certain skill set that it really is a lot of work.
0: Yeah. It's, a uh, it, it's not intuitive for a lot of people. And yeah. then the problem is that, you know, you, you, start off with, you know, haphazard information. It might not be something that you're, you know, would be good at figuring out on your own. And then it's off to the races before you know it, your blood sugar is yeah. 400 and it's 60 and it's 460. And you see it day after day and you think, well, this is obviously what diabetes is. There's a, um, there's a thread in the Facebook page right now that I was like, it it made me a little sad. So, um, somebody just started off by asking about like what blood sugar level are you comfortable going to sleep at, which is Mm -hmm. a common post that happens a number of times a year. And, but I noticed it had a lot of comments. So I jumped through it and I realized how big the Facebook page had gotten because there were more voices in there who were more newly diagnosed than there mm-hmm. were voices who were kind of like veterans of the podcast. And, and I thought, oh, I have got to get into this and, and, and say something to people because you know people are saying like, well, I have to go to bed at 200 because I fall a hundred points at night, right. But mm-hmm. that doesn't have to be and, and if you mm-hmm. if you understood some bigger ideas, you could find stability, right and yeah. um and i just it made me sad i was like oh i got to i got to i got to find a way to get more people into the co- into the podcast which is right. um is more difficult than you would think sometimes like because the podcast is the podcast and hopefully mm-hmm. people from the podcast will go find the facebook group which is like overwhelmingly helpful but sometimes people find the facebook group without having ever gone to the podcast and they have these preconceived notions about diabetes like we were just talking about And they they don't even know to dream of something bigger. Right. Yeah.
1: And I'm not sure their doctors are even telling them to do something different. Definitely not. Um, Yeah. 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 For the
0: most part, it's don't get low. Don't pass out. Hey, Mm -hmm. keep your A1C under seven if you can. You're doing great. And that's. Yeah. 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 My A1C was seven and a half this time. That's okay. You're doing great. Right. That's sort of how it rolls.
1: Um, yeah, and I do think about, I mean, I, I do feel that I'm, I'm lucky that I was diagnosed as an adult. You know, I, I think about if I was diagnosed as a kid and my technology wasn't there.
0: Sure. I yeah. couldn't
1: have managed it as well. well you that's
0: know? A, and that's a more real feeling for you because you have diabetes now. Like that's, yeah. not a, that's not an abstract thought as much as it is uh, lucky that, you know, if this mm-hmm. would have happened to you 40 years ago in 1980, you'd be yeah. lucky to be healthy right now.
1: Right. I've listened to some of the people on your podcast that were diagnosed then and, you know, what they were doing and how they were managing. And you just couldn't, you couldn't manage it the same way.
0: Yeah. So that, that when, when people say uh, there's no better time to be diagnosed with type 1 diabetes than today, that really probably strikes a chord with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. So Stacey, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to?
1: I don't think so.
0: No, I have, I have a. a I have one like kind of follow up question. So I'm wondering about suddenly being type one in a work environment.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Is that Um, something you explain to people or do you let them figure it out as it goes or what did you do?
1: So it was interesting. So when I was diagnosed, um, so I was, my role was, I was overseeing the special education in five different schools. So again, you know, I was doing a lot of zoom at that point, but I was out of work, you know, suddenly for a week. Um, So I did, you know, when I was diagnosed, I did email sort of the whole, you know, kind of sort of the district, you know, that I was working with. And I just shared, you know, my diagnosis um, and why I was out, you know, but that I was coming back. and, And that was it. And I figured that was sort of the easiest way to do it. I really kind of lucked out in that, again, most things at that point were Zoom. So I could set an alarm for, you know, my insulin, like my long acting I was taking at that point at like 10 in the morning. I was sitting in my office. I could be on a Zoom. I could give myself an injection. No one noticed. I never had to even think about doing it in public. Um, I was eating in my office at that point. Like everyone is eating separately because you to take off your mask. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, I sort of lucked out in that I sort of sat in my own little office and and learn to take care of my diabetes in the beginning without needing to stress about work. Um, once I got the pump and the Dexcom um, and started having in-person meetings, certainly the alarm can be really embarrassing. Um, you know, just, and you know, especially like a low alert, it just gets louder and louder. Um, sometimes I sort of try to read the room. Um, sometimes I will say something and other times people are talking so much, they don't even pause and I just
0: let it go. Let it go. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I've, I have found, you know, ways to treat that are much more subtle, like in the beginning, I'm pulling out a juice box and I'm like, how silly does this look like the, the administrator in the meeting is now sucking down a juicy juice. Like suddenly I just got really thirsty. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so now I use like, like I have jelly beans or something that's really little. And again, with a pump, I really only need, you know, five to eight grams of carbs to treat a low. It, it's not much right. anymore. Like a juice box would probably kill me if I drank it now
0: i'm um, I'm imagining like in the middle of a sentence without breaking eye contact you just whip out that juice box pull the straw out stick it in start on oh it's so <laughs>
1: embarrassing and of course all the little juicy juice ones have like sesame street characters on them like and i'm like i just look like a moron
0: <laughs> <laughs> those are the ones arden uses they're small and they're potent yeah You're like you don't have to yeah. take in too much juice to get the carbs and right. she, she likes them. I mean, yeah. I honestly, likes them's probably a, an exaggeration. I'm sure if you gave right. Arden the chance so, to never have a juice box again, she'd be pretty thrilled about it. But um, right. but she's like, she's like, there's Bert and Ernie on my juice. And I'm like, I know, I know,
1: <laughs> I know. If they could only make that more grown up looking, that would be fantastic. <laughs>
2: um,
1: so it did help. And so by the time you know everyone was back in person, you know the staff that I worked with knew. Um, you know, now I, so I, I just switched to a different school district this year. Um, it is interesting. I'm, I'm only on like my third or fourth day of work. Um, oftentimes, especially cause it's summer, you can see my Dexcom or you can see, you know, my pump. Um, I haven't actually, no one, no adult has asked me and I haven't said it to anyone yet, but I certainly will. I just haven't had a chance. Uh, but when I visited, you know, while the school was still in session, I did have a lot of kids come up to me and ask, um, which I'm always fine with. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've just gotten to the point where typically I tell, you know, the, the people that I work with closely, um, you know, that I have diabetes. I will say, you know, if, if I'm ever going really low and I'm, I'm worried about it, I will let you know. Um, but otherwise, you know, yeah. I'm able to manage it on my own. And um, I think there's only one time at work where I went and told someone else that I was getting really low and, and just so that they knew in case something happened. Are you? Um, I really messed up a, a bolus.
0: Oh, and you went to somebody and said, there's a possibility that something's going to go really wrong here?
1: Yeah, yeah. I just, like, one of my coworkers, he was in the office next to me, I said, just, you know, I'm, you know, because she could, I think she could hear the beeping out. Right? Um, you know, I said, I, I treat her low. I said, I'm just not feeling good. I said, just so you know, though, I'm, I'm really low. And at that point, like, my husband, because he has got the file yet, the app, is texting me, like, will you just eat some jelly beans? Like, will <laughs> you do something? I'm like, I did. I'm just waiting for it to kick in. You're trying. I'm um, working on it. I'm yeah. working on it. <laughs> We had like, I, I tend to bring my my food to school and I tend to eat the same things every day during the school day so I don't set off alarms because, right. again, it's embarrassing. And it has been like teacher appreciation and there's like homemade mac and cheese in the teacher's room. And I really, I'm like, I'll just have a little bit. And I, I think I totally overestimated how much, you know, how many carbs were in it and didn't account for the fat. And so I gave myself some insulin thinking I ate more than I did. And then all of a sudden, just started dropping like a rock. So,
0: do you think there'll be a time um, where you're not embarrassed by it?
1: Um,
0: Because I think there will be.
1: You know, I guess I'm not embarrassed like at home in the grocery store. I could care less that I'm walking around beeping. It's more just in meetings where I'm the administrator and there's people like families that don't know.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Or they may think I'm rude for picking up my phone. Um, You know, I never want someone to think that I'm texting
0: um you should when it beeps you should say something like oh that's just an alarm we have on the bad kids don't worry yeah it's
1: the bad kid alarm
0: yeah it's the bad kid alarm we have to i you know after this meeting i'm gonna have to go somebody's written on a bathroom wall
1: and, uh, this alarm means you've talked too long and our meeting is over. <laughs> so.
0: Oh, what was that? Well, that's my yeah. boring alarm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. It's my BS alarm. The, so the that's school... just going off.
0: <laughs> Do you yeah. have a box in the school nurse's office like the kids?
1: I keep one in my – so my desk drawer. I have one uh, because, again, I was traveling between <laughs> schools. Um, and then I, I keep stuff in like my, my bag. And all I was that, teasing
0: yeah. you. I didn't imagine you did. Stuff I just, I, I just thought there's like six boxes no? in the nurse's office and one of them says your name on it. Would I know? Did you ever talk to the school nurse about it?
1: Um, I did. Yeah, I did in the building that I, where my office was. Um, because again, they knew, I mean, I suddenly ended up yeah. out of work just out of the blue. So, right. you know, people knew, um, in my, my new position, um, I'm really just split between two buildings and again, it's summer. So no one's there now, but I, I would love the school nurse. Know
0: okay. that. All right. Well, Stacey, first, let me thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. You were terrific. Um, you mm-hmm. really came through. Cause I said to my wife this morning, I'm like, I, she's like, how are you going to fix this mistake you made? And I was like, I am going to go record right now, live with somebody. I'm going to do the ads in the middle. And she's yeah. like, where, what are the pitfalls? What could go wrong? And I said, well, the person could be like, <laughs> like have bad audio, that would be the worst thing that could happen yeah. to me. Right. And your audio was nice and clean. I was like, Oh, this is going to work. So if you will give me a minute, I'll explain to you what happened. So I don't yeah. record as many after dark episodes as regular episodes, which stands to reason. And so they get used or, or presented to the listeners, you know, more quickly than other ones. Like your if, if this hadn't happened, your episode would have mm-hmm. come out in December. Yep, but instead yours is going up today. But if I because were,
1: I didn't drop the f bomb. Right? Well,
0: and you had nice clean audio too, Stacy. Yes. You saved my day. I brought
1: day. my kids. They're watching a movie, and I exercised my dog so they wouldn't bark.
0: you well. Thank <laughs> you very much, and I appreciate that extra effort. And other people could take note. I'm, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, I'm not kidding. Grab
1: but, the kids. <laughs> yeah.
0: The dog, dog thing. The dog things. The big deal. Like tire the dog out first.
1: Yeah, and I have, like, two 200-pound dogs, so they have, like, big barks.
0: <clears throat> what, kind so, of, what kind of dogs are yeah. 200 pounds?
1: A Great Dane and an English master.
0: Jeez. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, so here's what happens. Like, say we recorded you and I today, and it was a After Dark episode. It would go up in the next four to five weeks because I don't have as many of them recorded. Um, somehow, I recorded one a very long time ago that I, by the way, really loved. And it was an incredibly honest conversation. And I really, I can't like thank the person enough. They came on anonymously, talked about some severe trauma they had been through as a child. And I put the edit on that show and put it up probably within a couple of weeks of me recording it. That was in January this, this year. So I probably yeah. recorded it around Christmas at the end of the year. And it went up in January. Somehow, the raw file, so the unedited version of the of the episode, did not make it out of my queue into um, a completed folder. So I just didn't slide it over for, for whatever reason. And so when I came up to the next After Dark, because it was time for an After Dark this week, I pulled this out, and I edited the whole show again and put new ads on it and did everything. And I put it up today. And I will tell you that it is such a specific episode. If you haven't heard it, it's episode 606, After Dark Childhood Trauma. And I just want to let people know before you go, this is an adult woman with type one who came on anonymously who was physically, sexually, and and mm-hmm. and mentally abused by her parents. So it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to forget. And somehow, I listened to it again. Did all the work on it again, and it never struck me that I had heard it like that before.
1: I, I listened. To, I think I, I listened to it when it originally went out. Yeah, yeah.
0: It just and and that's a, a about a hundred episodes ago. Or, yep. or so I've made a hundred. So just so you can I'm making an excuse for myself here, but but <laughs> right. I've done this a hundred. So I've edited a hundred shows since then in six yeah. months and my roughly well, what
1: like 700 and something now right
0: yes yeah we're yeah, yeah but
1: episodes.
0: I'm just trying to like explain to people what might have happened so I I record on average of four a week yeah. and we're 26 weeks into the year so I've I've edited about a hundred episodes in the last six months and I've recorded about a hundred and I just to give you an idea like it's not that I forgot that episode I could have I could have recited it to you if you would have if you would have come up to me last week and said, "Hey, remember this one?" I would have said, "Oh my god, yeah, that woman. She's from Brazil originally." Blah, yeah. blah. I yeah. would have been able to spit it all out. But somehow, when I was in the process, head down working, I just I don't know what I I just put it back up again. So I had to rip it down. Mm-hmm. It's going to exist in some people's players because once you download it, you can't take it away. Yeah um but yours is going to go back up as episode 714 to replace it Was
1: one better than the other though Like in of the edits? did you do a better job on one than the other
0: I have to tell you I thought about that this morning and if it wasn't <laughs> if it wasn't such a heavy topic I would mm-hmm. listen I would listen to both of them like, over just to see what I did differently in certain places Yeah So but this one listen it's a great episode but you know, it's, it's hard to listen to at points. So, yeah. um, yeah. anyway, so Stacy, you really came through for me. I never yeah, get to, and get...
1: I will not swear
0: in the end. I will just... yeah, you're, we're, we're right here. Stacey. And, Hold and it together. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so let me say thank you to you. I really appreciate you coming on and let me do the rest of it. Now, if you don't mind, uh, I want to uh-huh. thank you for coming on the show. And I also want to thank Dexcom makers of the Dexcom G six continuous glucose monitoring system, for sponsoring this episode of the juice box Podcast, and remind you that you can go to Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox to learn more or get started today. I also want to thank Omnipod, who of course makes the Omnipod 5 and the Omnipod Dash. You can head over to Omnipod, excuse me, Omnipod.com forward slash Juicebox, see my scary picture, and then look into the Omnipod 5 or the Omnipod Dash. and of course you may be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. And again, that's at omnipod.com forward/juicebox. There are links in the show notes of your podcast player and links at juiceboxpodcast.com. And if I can just say this at the end, Stacy, have you uh, have you gone to the T1d exchange and filled out the survey for me? I have yes. <gasps> Stacy, thank you t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. You need to be a type one who is a U.S. citizen or the caregiver of a type one. You head over, join the registry, take the survey, takes like, how long did it take you, Stacey? Uh, Not
1: long. I want to say 10 minutes.
0: See, fewer than 10 minutes, I usually say. Your answers help people living with type one diabetes they support the T1D exchange, they support the podcast, and some people actually end up getting a, a little personal benefit out of it because the T1D exchange may uh, contact you with opportunities. So that's it. And oh, should I do the thing at the end I usually do with you? Yeah. All right. What, what do I usually do? I usually uh, tell people if they're looking for the Diabetes Pro tip series, they're at yeah. juiceboxpodcast.com, diabetesprotip.com, or they start an episode. Do you know what episode it starts at?
1: No, I have no idea, but I've listened to them.
0: 210 uh, is the first episode. You can go to the private Facebook group, which is called <laughs> Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. Are you in that Facebook group, Stacey? I am, yes. Ah, and I don't lie, right? Great Facebook group.
1: Yeah. No, really, it's been very helpful. And and again, I thank you for everything that you do, because between your podcast and that book, uh, I've been able to get my A1C down and, and really have very tight control. And, That's excellent. Um, you to
0: be healthy. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled about that. Um, and I'm selling at the same time. At the top of the Facebook page, you click on the Feature tab, and you will be presented with a number of different lists of, of episode series that exist inside the podcast. Not just the Pro Tip series, but the Diabetes Variables, Quick Start Episodes, How We Eat, a ton of Ask Scott and Jenny stuff, Pregnancy, Mental Health, Defining Thyroid. Uh, we're starting to get a nice little grouping of uh, Type 2 stories. Uh, there's just a ton there. I hope you go check it out. All right, Stacy, did I do it? Is that how was you it? You did. It wasn't bad, right? That was,
1: no, you did fantastic. It. You know, it's like this isn't your first time. Seems <laughs> like you've been doing this for a while. Apparently,
0: I can do it in my sleep, like except friend. for the part where yeah. I use the correct file.
1: <laughs> right. But, uh, Besides that, I
0: want to say you I, have seem not, like a pro. I have not felt well the last couple weeks, Stacy. So. No. Yeah, I'm a little Well, little go below. to the doctor.
1: I've learned the hard way. I Don't did.
0: Google it. I did. The they pack. gave me a steroid pack. So, um, yeah, I didn't love it. All right. Well, I, I really appreciate you doing this. Let me just finish up by saying thanks so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox podcast. And now I'm going to go say goodbye to Stacy, where she's not being recorded. So thank you very much. I appreciate you sharing your story. All right, guys. I just hung up with Stacy. I am going to put this file out, process it. Put it right online for you. You should have, it's like 1120 a.m. on July 6th, Eastern time. You should have access to it in the next half an hour, probably. I apologize for the confusion today. You can um, take it out of my pay.